0: And if you need that kind of support, I really recommend this podcast. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. Welcome to Mom in Mind. I'm perinatal psychologist and host, Dr. Kat. There's more to the story than just postpartum depression, and this podcast aims to share it all from personal stories and lived experience, to experts who break down the ups and downs of life from getting pregnant, pregnancy, perinatal loss, and postpartum adjustment to parenthood. While this is not psychotherapy or medical advice, it is all of the stuff you ever wanted to know about mental health and new parenthood. Hi, welcome to the Mom and Mind podcast. Behind the sessions, I'm your host, Dr. Kat. On these episodes and this series of episodes, I really like to pull the curtain back, go behind the session and talk to you guys about what comes up in therapy. Uh, You know, as the majority of the folks that I meet with in therapy are perinatal or have been in the recent years, some people are hopeful parents. And there are a lot of dynamics that come up when people are on their reproductive journey or you know, in the postpartum time. And some of those are unexpected and like things you didn't know that you would have to be dealing with. And other things are magnifications of problems that have already been there. So as we've talked about a lot on the mom and Mind podcast, and now in these behind the sessions episodes, there are a lot of dynamics at play when somebody becomes a parent. And that is primarily what I'm going to talk about in this episode is the postpartum period after a baby comes into a family. The issue that I see so often that gets magnified is how much mental and emotional and actual labor is done by, I'm going to just talk about heterosexual couples in this episode, is I really want to highlight the dynamic in the relationship of a partnership where prior to baby coming, the wife or mom had been You know, taking care of stuff, maybe doing things on behalf of her partner or husband, you know, to help him along. And whether that was agreed upon or not, or just labor that she took on herself or a pattern that they got into, there are so many iterations of how that gets set up. But then when um, baby comes into the mix and the mom is in a position of now taking care of the baby as well as all these tasks that she'd been taking care of on behalf of her husband or partner. So by the time folks come into therapy and are talking about this, they're usually really overloaded and sometimes resentment has started to build. And what I find comes up most in conversation is the mom I'm meeting with, if she is in a pattern of let's say doing things like making appointments for her husband or reminding him to do tasks that he agreed to do is this constant pattern of doing for him becomes and becomes like subsumed as part of her role and people forget that after a baby comes that things change and things often need to change like how things worked before is not necessarily how They best work after a baby comes. There's a specific part of this dynamic that I want to highlight because it's so challenging in relationships, is that sometimes this new mom will continue to do these like setting up appointments or reminding of tasks, or even take on the task herself if it's not being done, you know, in a timely manner or when it was agreed upon. Because it ends up being easier for her to just do it anyways, to in order to avoid an argument in order to avoid conflict in order to avoid a discussion about, you know, why the task hadn't been done or why she has to do it. I think this is really, really corrosive, uh, impactful, and has negative impacts on relationships. What I'm not going to do in this episode is do like husband bashing or partner bashing or saying like, oh, you know, this is just how men are and men don't know and blah, blah. And like, you know, talk about the stereotypes of husbands who just quote unquote need to do better. What I'm talking about is the dynamic in the relationship and the impact on the wife or mother. You know, when somebody's coming into therapy just themselves, I'm working with them directly and working with that person directly, but a lot of relationship stuff comes in to our session. And I'm talking with one person and I know one person's perspective or experience of the situation, and sometimes, you know, I'm able to get also some insight into maybe the partner's experience but they're not in the session with us. It's me working with that particular mom on her, essentially her part, her side, her experience and trying to figure out and navigate ways to sometimes um, have communication, different communication with the partner or spouse in order to move things in a different direction. Ultimately, if it's a stressor and it's impacting her, it's something that needs to shift and change. Now, the limitations to shifting and changing are that the spouse is not in the session with us. And so sometimes these really complex relational dynamics do need to go into couples therapy and are best served in a couples therapy environment. That being said, there are things that people can do as individuals to cope and manage differently or to set different boundaries. But going back to the individual's experience, new moms in this situation are often feeling very frustrated, are not wanting to be the partner who quote unquote nags. They don't want to keep asking their partner for help or reminding them to do something. It's another task or another chore that they're doing that they don't necessarily want to do. And oftentimes they're getting, you know, pushback from the spouse. So like, why are you nagging? Why do you keep telling me I'll do it in my own time? And, and then they feel kind of lost and not sure what to do. So as I said, I'm honing in on the individual's experience, knowing that we don't have sort of quote unquote, the other side of the story or the kind of other person's perspective on the issue and the challenge. So in addition to the the emotional impact, people are, you know, new moms are balancing the dynamic of the relationship as well. So if somebody is in a position to say, well, I'm just going to go ahead and do this task, or let's say it's like dishes or something like that. I'm going to go ahead and do the dishes, even though I asked him for help, or he said he would do it or whatever the agreement was. So the impact of that on somebody, when they go ahead and do something that let's say somebody else was supposed to do, Is I mean, nobody's sitting there happily doing those dishes. It comes with a price of resentment. It comes with whatever kind of conversation you're having internally with yourself at that moment about how you feel about your spouse. It is contributing to the disconnect and the anger. Like it just starts to build and build and build. And what is really hard here is that when you're in relationship with somebody and you start to notice these dynamics or how it feels to you, and you want to change things, but the other person isn't on board, the husband isn't on board with a change, then you yourself are having to make changes that might not necessarily feel good to you. I'll pick an example that comes up often in therapy is that mom is in therapy and getting help and support. She sees that dad is struggling or having a hard time. Maybe there's depression, maybe there's untreated ADHD or maybe whatever, who knows what's going on for dad. But it's come up in conversation that dad could benefit from therapy. And maybe he even agrees to that. And maybe he even says that he'll like look up a therapist. Well, what if months go by? And there's been no movement on that. He hasn't looked up a therapist, which is a, I'll just say, like a common process for people to kind of not want to talk about like difficult things. Finding a therapist is like put on hold or pushed off to the side. However, uh, because he continues to suffer and mom is like working on herself, trying to improve, trying to set new boundaries, there could be, you know, more complexity in the relationship. And So if mom is in the position where she's like, okay, well, if he's not finding a therapist, am I supposed to do it? Maybe I'll just do it. So she goes and looks for therapists or comes up with a couple and gives him a list and then he's not going or he doesn't follow up. I've heard and seen women in such sort of desperation for their partners to get help that they say, I'm just going to call therapists. I'm going to tell them what's going on, and that my husband needs support and help, which is a really complicated scenario, but it does happen. And what I will say is that most therapists aren't going to book an appointment for a spouse when the wife is calling. The therapist needs to talk to the person who's coming in for help.
1: Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts.
0: Okay. So that's one type of scenario. There are many, many others um, where these dynamics come up and where the feelings that I just went through come up in therapy, but there could be more subtle things where a mom is just taking on a task, making an assumption that if she asks for help, she's going to get pushed back or an, an eye roll or like, oh, like I'm tired too, or some kind of Communication that indicates that she's not going to get the help and support she needs. And that can be really subtle, like with folding laundry or doing, you know, tasks around the house or even changing diapers. When this accumulates over time, there can become more and more that the mom is taking on. As her responsibility, her task, and feel less and less like asking her partner to split the tasks or to do some of the labor to take care of the house or the child. And I often see this contributing to feelings of depression, some feelings of anxiety, just like the feelings of loneliness that come along with, from my perspective, is like the mom is seeing the dynamic in the household of her stress, her partner's stress. The workload in the house, all the things that need to get done, all of the tasks, all of the, you name it, and not feeling like she has a partner to help her who's like stepping in or stepping up or also seeing that all of these things need to get taken care of and taking their own initiative to get them done or taken care of. And there is a whole other side to this that has come up on other episodes on this podcast and that is, you know, the experience of the dad or father. We don't know in the examples I'm giving you, we don't know his experience. We don't know what he's going through. If he are also has depression, if he also has trauma, if he's like in a position where like he's doing way more as a father than his father ever did. And it feels like a lot of effort for him. And he's upset that he's you know, being told he's not doing enough or he's not good enough. These are part of the complexities of the relationship dynamics and why it's so good to have a couple's therapist who can support people through this. But the in an individual therapy session with a mom, what we're looking at is, well, how do you cope with this? How do you communicate with this? And what kind of boundaries do you set? What it can be really hard, really, really, really hard is if You stop doing, if let's say one of the boundaries that we decide on in therapy is to stop doing all of the things that he said he was going to do, because that dynamic is really complicated. If you keep doing things, then you keep doing more things. Like that doesn't stop. You have to stop doing stuff and taking that on in order for the dynamic to change a little bit if you're not able to resolve it through a communication and different agreements. So sometimes that can look like leaving dishes in the sink or not getting those appointments set or not, you know, taking that garbage out from that bathroom. And it like the feeling that's left from the task not being completed, the partner not completing it, if mom who usually is just like fine, whatever, I'll do it and like grumbles to herself about it, on that route that leads to resentment and anger when not doing it, not doing the task, let's say not taking that garbage out when he said he would do it could lead to like feeling anxiety. So sometimes people continue to do, I'm talking about mostly like task-based stuff now. If you're a mom who's listening to this, then you can maybe resonate that if you leave the task, if you leave that garbage there, the feeling is, well, if I don't do it, who's going to do it? Because he's not doing it. So it's just going to sit there and While that is really, really difficult to let things just sit there, if it's not like a high priority type of thing, then letting it sit there might be the boundary that works best for you over time. As I was talking about, there's these two paths. If you keep doing things that somebody else is supposed to do and taking care of it anyways, because it's not going to get done if you don't do it, then nobody else is ever going to do it. And sometimes you have to stop doing things in order for people to see how much you're doing. But like a lot of this labor is invisible the mental and emotional, the task list keeping, the task doing, the managing of stuff. Unless you're having conversations on the daily, talking about like, here's the list of things I did, which I don't recommend because, you know, that can come across a certain way. But Unless there's like a real understanding of that dynamic, then it ends up being that unseen work that you're doing. So if before baby comes, you were handling certain tasks, you were doing, you know, this invisible labor already, and then a baby comes along and now you're doing way more of this invisible labor, this unseen workload. If you haven't had an explicit conversation with your partner about how things are going to change and how the workload could or should be split differently, then you're just taking on more stuff. And the assumption could be that you're just going to do all of the things because you've already always done all of the things. So I'm not saying this is a healthy dynamic or that, you know, anybody's like sort of to excuse in this. I'm just saying that communication here is really, really important and if communication isn't helping or working, then getting outside help where both you are going to therapy, your spouse has his own therapist, and or there's a couple's therapist involved. You know, sometimes that really is the support that's needed and necessary to make it through this transition so that you can continue to have a connected, happy, healthy relationship. The other part of this that is really, really hard for women to sit with is that there is a limit to what you can do. You can't do enough things in order to make this better. You cannot take on enough tasks in order to smooth over any argument that might come up. There is, you have a limit. You cannot do everything and you should not do everything. And coming up against that is really challenging that can contribute to feelings of sadness. In some cases, hopelessness. If you are the person that is keeping the relationship going by doing all of these things, and you realize that you can't do it all, then sometimes people have to take a really hard look at their relationship. And if, you know, at that point going into therapy, or sometimes people are questioning if their relationship can even last. So for you, the individual, if you are coming to terms with the limitations of your unseen labor, meaning there's no way you can do enough to fix all of this, to prevent fights, prevent arguments, prevent resentment, it ends up being a whole other process to come to terms with where your relationship is and that you can't hold on to things and do enough to make it go in the direction that you want it to go. That's a hard process for anybody. It's a really hard process in therapy like if we're working together and you come to a realization or we get to a point in our work together where you hit the wall, like you you are done. You can't go on like this anymore. And your partner isn't able to see that or do his own work and take responsibility for his side of things there's this other layer of like, it's not quite letting go, but certainly coming to terms with the fact of like where things are really. And unfortunately, sometimes it does get to a point where marriages and people separate and divorce. If there isn't some healing or some process to work through this as a unit, as a couple together, it is true. The divorce rate during the perinatal period is can be much higher. And there's a lot of marital dissatisfaction. I think the stat is about 67% of couples are experiencing marital dissatisfaction during this period of time because it's so complex because there is so much change and nearly everything has to be renegotiated. But when there's a difficulty in communication and an agreement on how things can change, there can be a standstill. And unfortunately, you know, for a lot of men, they're still dealing with having been socialized in certain ways in their own history to not talk about feelings or that women do are supposed to take on certain roles or that whatever, there's a lot of stuff. So, and when I say there's a lot of dynamics at play, this part of what I'm talking about, like, we don't know what all is going on for the partner, but what I do know when I'm meeting with moms who are at their wit's end is the very real impact that these dynamics have.
3: I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs)
0: So if you are somebody who resonates with this and you're not in therapy, I highly suggest seeking out a therapist who can help you cope and manage and figure out what you want your communication to be, what you need your boundaries to be to get you know the help and support that you need. At the very least, validation is really important. Just being able to talk through what you're dealing with and be heard and seen especially if that's not what your experience is in your marriage or your partnership. There might be things that couples can see eye to eye on and other things that they disagree on. But what I know to be true is that when a mom is going through her transition into motherhood, there's a lot of stuff that comes up to be reflected on. And if it is your relationship that happens to be the thing that you're reflecting on, That can be scary and it can be concerning because that is a potential change to how you saw your future going, how what you wanted your family to look like. And sitting uh, with all of that on your own, I do not recommend. If you're not going to go to therapy, talk to a friend, somebody else who you trust and that you're close with. And as I said before, I, you know, therapy for everyone and couples therapy when you can. Because it's, you know, in the talking through of these things that you learn more about yourself, potentially learn some about your partner, learn what your own blind spots might be in relationships. Maybe there's stuff that's connected to your own history that's coming into this relationship that you can shift and change. So what's hard about this is that there is no magic answer. This is a process type of situation where talking through it with a therapist figuring out how you can change the way you communicate or how you communicate that could potentially help or what boundaries that you can set to help manage your own health and wellness. And especially to keep an eye on how the stress of these types of situations how it's impacting you, if it's contributing to depression or anxiety, especially if there's depression and anxiety, actually, because that creates so much more complexity. It's harder to communicate how you feel. It's harder to communicate to your partner what you need from them, because sometimes there's just so much noise in there related to your transition and your your mental wellness that it's, it's hard to put into words sometimes what your need is. And, you know, this dynamic in particular that I'm talking about, the if it's you in the relationship that is taking on all of this unseen mental and emotional labor, it may, on one hand, be making your life easier to just go ahead and do it, but those tasks, but it has a real impact. And I think it's at least worthwhile to recognize if this is you, if this is part of your stress, because the more we can kind of tease apart and figure out what is affecting what, the less it feels like all consuming and like, why is this happening to me? Why do I feel like this? This dynamic is one of those things where we can point to and say like, okay, this is a contributor to why you feel how you feel. There are things to do about it. Even if it's a one-sided, meaning even if it's just you who's going to therapy and, and trying to figure stuff out, there are things that you can do to help yourself feel better. And as I said before, like communication is so important here and figuring out what you want your boundaries to be for yourself, how you want to take care of yourself in light of doing all the things. So I just wanted to bring this issue out into the open for those of you who may be feeling it or experiencing it, just to For you to know that is a common thing that comes up in therapy and it's a common struggle for people in any part of the reproductive time, but especially after a baby comes and how much the dynamics in the family change, especially related to all of this unseen mental and emotional labor. So if this is you and you need support, please do seek it out. Um, Find a perinatal therapist who understands the dynamics of the, the mental health and stress during the postpartum period. And if you are somebody who is in the early postpartum or any part of the postpartum and you're struggling, you're not quite sure why you feel the way that you feel, please go to wellmindperinatal.com under courses and take a look through the courses that I've created and provided just for people like you. And when I developed these courses, I set them up specifically for people who are like wanting to figure out what was going on and get help and go to therapy. But they were on a long wait. It's a very hard to find a therapist sometimes, depending on your insurance and availability. So this hopefully is a bridge for people who want to get the help now, but are waiting to get into therapy, want to understand why they feel the way that they feel. And if that's you, then check it out and see if these are on demand, self-paced, take it as they come, take it when you're able to, you can listen, you can watch, there are transcripts it's set up for ease of use. So yeah, go check those out. And if it resonates for you, they are downloadable right now. I thank you so much for joining me again for another episode of behind the sessions. And I hope that this has been supportive to you until next time. Please find the mom and mind podcast on momandmind.com or wellmindperinatal.com, where you can also find access to my free online mini course that is specifically designed for people experiencing anxiety in the postpartum period. Or you can learn more about the three and a half hour self-paced course that I created just for managing postpartum stress. You can also connect with us on social media at Mind on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you for tuning in and learning more about perinatal mental health.